Boo. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, and best friend, bad to the bone, Derek. And you're listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Ashley, take us back. Oh, yeah. We're strolling through the mall. It's packed. Stupid kids. And then, oh, boy, there it is. The smell of teen spirit and fresh popcorn in the air. We're walking up to the multiplex, and what do we see? Big black letters on the marquee that say, now showing, problem child. Woo! Mixed reviews. (laughs) Yep, it's 1990, and we're taking you week by week through the best year ever for new movie releases. Set your calendars to July 27th, 1990, and join us as we discuss our 29th movie so far from this wacky kind of year. Okay, yeah. So we're going to be talking all about Problem Child, one of the worst reviewed movies of all time, but (laughs) one that spawned multiple Hellspawn sequels. So before we get into that, we have to announce that um, someone finally adopted Derek. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's been trying um, with with no luck to get adopted by every nice looking family that comes <laughs> to the mall. It's part of the reason he's had to switch jobs so many times is because they don't appreciate unsolicited adoption efforts from 30 plus year olds. But yeah, I think this is I think you found you found the right family. They don't look like serial killers at all. No, they look more like houseless people. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's perfect. I fit right in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you didn't even ask. You just uh, started camping beside him on the, the sidewalk. So um, we're, we're really happy for you. Um, hopefully, hopefully this one pans out. But um, enough about that. Let's start the show. Junior. <laughs> He's evil. Wicked mind. Look what he did in art class. He's mad. It's the devil. Poor fuzzball. He's bad. I hope you guys are insured. He's seven. I'm going to be eight in two weeks. Problem child. Oh, me? Rated PG. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Okay. Ashley, I assume... You had heard of this movie. This movie has like a lot of name recognition. Um, John Ritter's in it. Um, so is Kramer from Gilbert Seinfeld. Gilbert Gottfried. Um, the child actor, unsurprisingly, didn't work much after this. Well, <laughs> had, had you seen this movie growing up? Did were you familiar with it? What did you What did you remember about this? I definitely saw it as a, as a kid. Yeah. Did you not see it? Well, yeah, I, I like. I think I remember the sequels. I remember the one where he like meets a bad girl as well. Maybe oh, more than more yeah. than this one. They're kind of all just jumbled up in my brain. Um, yeah, like before I watched it, I felt like I was going to remember more of it or have a different reaction to it. But it's probably one of those movies that certainly appeals more to kids than it does mm-hmm. adults, um, I would think. Um, yeah. judging by, by by the the reviews but but yeah I don't remember us watching it like as a family but we probably did yeah I remember watching it I don't know if it was with the parents or you or not but I just remember him being like a total asshole yeah. and 
I still stand by that. So yeah, I mean, like, didn't really change that, my mind. Did you find that cool when you were a kid, or uh, like? No, I thought fun? he was like such a jerk. Yeah, because I feel like growing up, like we were pretty good kids. So to watch that being like, I would never do any of that. Like, what a jerk, just ruining people's days. So yeah, and it's supposed to be played for laughs, but you don't really. I, I that's what I that's what I can't remember. Um, we're gonna let Derek explain his history with the movie in a second. Like, I can't remember what parts of this movie I might have found humorous mm-hmm. as a kid or been like, oh, isn't that, you know, some some kind of like wish fulfillment of wanting to act out as a kid. Um, but as an adult, it just didn't, it seemed like he was <laughs> obnoxious and horrible and, and like nothing you would want to be and nothing that adults would ever, I mean, and the adults were terrible too. So yeah. we'll get into all that. Derek, you liked this movie. Correct? Yes. <laughs> yep. I sure did. I liked it as a kid and I, I like it again. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely not going to disagree that this kid's an asshole. But uh, and it's likely the reason why I was in the principal's office on a weekly basis when I was in elementary school. Mm. I don't know why my mom let me watch this or my dad. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I He's not like the worst kid. He's just had a, a rough upbringing. So that's kind of how I relate to it. Yeah. Not that I had a rough upbringing like him, but or at all. But <laughs> the movie seems very confused about whether or not. I mean, an easy analogy is like Damon from the Damien from from the Omen, mm-hmm. where that's like literally the devil in the form of a of a kid. This kid is like the comedy version of that. And so we know we you do they do like have a few moments where we're supposed to start to develop sympathy for him as the movie goes on. But we don't know the or like if he was ever sent back to the orphanage undeservedly. It, the way the movie frames it, like with the lightning crashing and like killing the first, cat. Yeah, like he he was just he's basically evil, but it's played mm-hmm. for laughs. Yeah. Um, yep. but it does it does try to make you feel like at a certain well, point it, he didn't it, have any chance to reform yeah well it, I mean in the very beginning intro sequence or if you're going to call that a montage I'm not sure but no it's more of a, just the intro sequence where as he's growing up he's being placed at, on other people's doorsteps as he gets older and older and older so uh, and then the Gilbert Gottfried character had mentioned that he had been returned 30 times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that'll definitely seven. fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, I wonder if the first one or two times, if, if say the first uh, time yeah. was the parents were just terrible and they, they like returned him for no good reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause he was just being like a normal, you know, obnoxious baby. Um, or that, if he's... that cycle could have started, you know, damaging him or he was damaged. He was a bad egg from the start. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, he's the, a bad egg. Well, because the first one, they dropped him off and he peed on the person's face. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but like there was a theoretically a person that had him before that. Yeah. So, <laughs> true. but they don't they don't give us anything to go on as far as as far as that goes. Um, Ashley, I don't know how much research you did. I wonder um, we can all agree that the kid who plays junior Michael Oliver um, is very effectively very effective as an obnoxious brat mm-hmm. um, from his voice to his mannerisms, to his haircut, to his face. 
um, to his outfits. Yep. <laughs> um, some of that he has control over. Some of it is uh, uh, just good wardrobe. Um, did they audition a lot of kids for this role? I don't know how many kids they auditioned. I do know that they wanted Macaulay Culkin to play the problem mm. child, but he was, and then he wanted to do, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, another movie where he doesn't play a good a good kid at all. Um, well, and he has quite a quite a big movie coming out this year. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. What movie? Oh, you'll find out in November. Okay, I'll just Google it. Um, I'm not gonna wait. <laughs> it's like but... the only his biggest movie ever. Oh shoot. Um, but yeah, I don't know how many kids they auditioned, but I know they wanted Macaulay Culkin. He's like, I can't do it. And they also auditioned a ton of people to play Ben Healy for John Ritter, but everyone was doing other movies. So they got John Ritter. <laughs> it I was mean, like a whole list. It was like Chevy Chase, Kurt Russell, Richard Dreyfus, Dan Aykroyd, Rick Moranis. And it just like kept going. It's like, everyone's actually doing all these other movies and they, all the other movies are more successful. So yeah, good choice. Good choice. Uh, Derek, you probably would agree that Macaulay Culkin is a better actor than Michael Oliver based on the rest of his career. Yes. Would this movie have been better with a child that had more like range if you liked him some of the time or do you just like it being kind of leaning into his horrible qualities? I, that's a tough question. I'm not sure. Uh, I think this kid does a great job at being the proper problem child. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The tone the movie is going for is so one dimensional, which, you know, could be a good or bad thing. It, I, I find it pretty strange, though, that they needed to make the character or they decided to make the adults so horrible as well. There's really no contrast between the like. Yeah, it doesn't really serve the the honoriness of the kid well by making the adults so unlikable. You have any theories there, Ashley? I mean, they just wanted everybody sucks movie. No, um, <laughs> no. Well, because I thought because Ben Healy or John Ritter, he's lovable and likable. He's a good character. In kind of everything else. In yeah, this? I thought, well, in comparison to the rest of them, he's not a bad guy. I mean, that's a pretty low bar. Like even at right. first, like he's he's completely kind of just being submitting to his horrible wife's. Yeah, like, he's though that's his main flaw. He's just a huge pushover. But he also seems into it, like, to some degree. I mean, yes, he is the most sympathetic adult, and he also Mm -hmm. has severe daddy issues, um, which makes you feel better for him. But he's just, he's obnoxious and trying, not trying to play the character as sympathetic, really, I don't think. I mean, I felt a little bit for him when he wore his, like, dad hat and, like, took him camping. He like wanted it to be a good experience for him. I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, but his, yeah, his wife is awful. His dad's terrible. Obviously Kramer's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. But. There's, there's a whole subplot with junior, um, the problem child writing letters to a serial killer, a notorious killer that's, that's in jail played by Michael Richards, um, the bow tie killer. So that's where junior adopts his style. He always wears a bow tie. Um, convinces i thought it was almost borderline funny that he's like writing letters to this serial killer in jail and and Mm -hmm. uh uh, michael richards when he escapes is like eager to meet up with his criminal like um uh counterpart so that they can go on adventures together as criminal uh masterminds and he learns that it's a kid um (laughs) 
that was like the funniest part i think of the whole movie yeah like as just kind of an abstract concept that mm-hmm. worked that worked kind of well yeah, i mean because yeah. his letter was just like i just got out of I just got out and Michael was like, oh, he got out of prison cool too. Like, that's awesome. It's like, no, he got out of like the nunnery and was adopted. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's an element of he's just misunderstood junior. And like this guy gets him not because they both want to be killed. He like junior isn't, well, he is kind of a psychopath or he's exhibiting warning signs of becoming Mm -hmm. one, but on an intellectual level, I don't know. Now that I think about it, it's almost like the bow tie killer is just stooping down to the intellectual level of a kid more than the other way around. Like, I don't think either. I don't really think junior is probably a little smarter than most kids at that age. And mm-hmm. that's contributing to his, his boredomness and, or, you know, need to, to act out in addition to all the environmental stuff. But, but yeah, you don't get the sense that the bow tie killer is, is like clever. <laughs> no. Um I mean this is this is a prime example. We skipped Ernest because I was worried that I might hate it. Um probably the worst movie um or the movie that I got the least out of so far was Another 48 Hours, which was just dull. Mm-hmm. I don't mean this movie wasn't dull. It was but it was as far removed from my brand of humor as you can get. Um, so I don't really fault the movie for being slapstick and broad. It's just is what it is. But Ashley, I mean, is this to your, did you find anything about this movie funny? (laughs) No. And I kept trying. I was like, okay, this will be good. Like I was like, oh, they're camping. There'll be hijinks. There's a scene where, um, they're camping with another family and they're like by the porta potties and whatever. And junior lures, like an actual real bear into the campsite to like terrify the family and like pretty funny i don't know and then he goes and like oh. hides in a tree and then um ben healy or john ritter thinks that the guy in the, or that the bears his friend in a bear suit and so he like plays around with him and then realizes it's a real bear that bear leaves and then the guy in the bear suit comes and i was it just felt like really flat like i wanted it to i wanted it to work i wanted some of the jokes to be like oh that's really funny but i didn't like any of it y- yeah kind of they that they t- i mean int- it wasn't supposed to be like a surprise but yeah they set that joke up really far in advance and mm-hmm. just or just made it really obvious that that's what was going to happen and it those that's definitely one of the highlights of the movie just <laughs> between that um there are i would say there are two montages derek yeah the, the the him getting dropped off at different porches montage at the beginning set to bad to the bone and then um the ruining the girl's birthday party montage where he's um, putting a sprinkler in her room, filling the pinata with what, like honey or like, what? No, no like, it was like pickles. Oh, pickles. And, like, yeah. Relish and stuff. <laughs> um, throwing all the presents in the pool. Cutting um, the girl's pigtail off. Yeah. Cutting people's hair yeah. off. See that, that montage I remember from as, as a kid, that was one of the highlights for me because he is doing nothing bad. He is just looking at, this girl's presence and then she comes yeah. in and immediately is immediately is like get away from those you're going to break them and he truly wasn't doing anything bad at this point in the movie who knows what he would have done if she didn't catch him but that, yeah then, no then you're, it, yeah yeah you're so, ah. <laughs> you're well, totally right um there are these moments these like turning point moments where 
he you he like finds the picture um or um john ritter finds the picture that he drew everyone else is like a, a monster or or a hideous caricature and then john ritter is just kind of like portrayed as a nice a nice like a guy perfect dad yeah as, as a perfect dad in in um junior's picture of him so like i think it, that either comes before i think that i want to say that that comes before the party and then you're ready to start liking him when he gets to the party and he's not doing anything wrong yet and maybe he never would have but then all the kids it comes after completely... the party okay yeah then because then up. because they're like because he's like over him and then whatever his cousin the guy in prison shows up and is like i'm gonna take you and then he goes through his stuff and finds oh pictures. right 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 so that's so, that's another cool part is when john ritter is just so over junior mm-hmm. <laughs> and he ants uh, when he's just burnt out and he's like we got to get rid of this kid and he's reading the exorcist yeah he's reading the exorcist yeah because he demolishes a his john ritter's dad's athletic goods store so John Ritter's already had all his future taken away by his own dad. And now he loses all of his life savings um, to pay for the damage that the junior did. I mean, maybe the reason the adults are so horrible is because then we don't feel bad when junior is like pushing nuns out of windows and making the penguins fly as he would say. Yeah. Throwing cats into old people's faces so that they fall downstairs. I mean, like, yeah, uh, big Ben Healy. John Ritter's dad definitely had it coming. Um, and but it just ends up being if there are any good people in the movie, they end up suffering. Mm-hmm. And if Junior has any good left in him, it keeps getting um, <laughs> squashed by mean kids or mean adults or just, you know, being used as a pawn in uh, his adopted mom's like social schemes. So I guess I would feel a little more sympathetic towards him if like there were people to root for, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about this movies. I hate to bring up Rotten Tomatoes and kind of like review aggregators, but mm-hmm. occasionally if they are one extreme or the other, they can tell you something. And in this case, I thought it was a, I thought maybe it was a, um, a mistake when I first saw it, but this movie has a um, flat 0% Rotten Tomatoes score. Just a goose egg. Wow. Yeah. It's like one of 20 or so movies ever that have, you know, like a reasonable number of reviews to get a perfect score <laughs> of zero. Well, they, I mean, they should have known um, a little backstory, but according to Dennis Dugan, the test screens were so bad that 70% of the audience walked out or the, and there were verbal complaints from viewers and I got a score of only 30 and the studio was forced to, to do two weeks of reshoots, including a retooled ending and the addition of those key scenes, like the girl's birthday party. Okay. So to back to, to, you know, Derek's nostalgia for this movie. If, if I'm trying to really rack my brain and remember like what stuck out, stuck out with me, stuck out to me from the movie, mm-hmm. it was probably those songs. I mean, yeah. like, mm-hmm. It's my birthday and I'll cry if I want to. Like she's just stopping and crying for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like I definitely thought that was cool as a kid and the bad, bad to the bone song. Like you can't get mm-hmm. enough of when you're a yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, so it just seemed fun at the time. Like uh, when you're, when you're really young, those scenes are like, you don't really pay attention to what's going on. You just get swept up in the, 
and the music and the energy like of it, but it's really hard to watch them as an adult or mm-hmm. probably like <laughs> if you're there as a, a test audience and it's just like groans and like a bad, a bad vibe in mm-hmm. the air. <laughs> That's pretty crazy though, that, that that many people just walked out of yeah. a pretty mainstream movie. So mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know the history of Problem Child? Uh, no. So apparently it came from, the story was inspired by a 1988 LA Times article called An Adopted Boy and Terror Begins. Huh. The story is about a married couple suing an adoption agency because they were not informed that their adopted son had severe mental health issues with violent tendencies and had been previously returned to the agency multiple times. So that's where the story stemmed from. So instead of going like the super like evil, like mental health, problematic, violent route, they went like the funny route with it. Um, yeah, that's a horror movie. I mean, that's yeah. a horror premise. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took a horror premise and tried to make it a slapstick comedy. Yeah. Which is kind of an admirable thought experiment, but a failed movie experiment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird, though. I mean we'll get to the box office report a little later, uh, but it was successful enough for there to be sequels. And I think at least with the second one, the third one was maybe just a, a TV movie with new, a new cast. I'm guessing the second one actually got a little bit better. Um, so maybe there is room for this premise to work. I just, just the execution, the one note kind of like, demeanor of all the mm-hmm. characters turned me off from the start as an adult i mean derek when you're watching this um as an adult like are you how much of your response do you think is nostalgia versus just kind of still versus finding it funny as an adult 90 seen it. 95% but well let's just say 90% the 10% is john ritter's character i really liked him mm-hmm. and i just like John Ritter in general. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has to go really out of his way in the scenes where he is unlikable to not have some kind of redeeming energy to him. So, yeah, definitely and nostalgia. Problem Child yeah. two, 2 got an 8%. Right there you now. go. That's like so eight, better. That's like 800% better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also interesting, an interesting footnote that John Ritter and um, his wife in this movie, Amy Yazbek, uh, met while filming this and would get married and, and be together until he uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. passed away. Oh, uh-huh. they so. actually got, well, she played a terrible woman. So yeah. I mean, I like that'd be like hard to be like, how could you play this so well? Oh, they're <laughs> but, actors, you know? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're really good actors. That's true. <laughs> Hopefully they didn't stay in character between, <laughs> between scenes. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's admirable that people were, would like a woman that, that might you know i don't know what point in her career she was at and same for john ritter like anyone who's trying to get roles mm-hmm. again after this movie um it's not always easy after you play such unlikable characters so yeah. kudos to them for at least um going for it mm-hmm. is there any um any other moments or scenes you want to talk about before we uh take a little detour into the coffee shop uh no <laughs> fair Eric. enough um let's uh let's 
stroll into uh, the coffee shop for Ashley's Poetry Corner. Sipping your little iced coffees. Okay. <clears throat> this is my poem. Oh, man. Where should I even begin? Perhaps at the nunnery where good old-fashioned jokes are a sin? That's where you meet Junior, a.k.a. the problem child, who's a mess and a half surpassing the term wild. He's constantly getting returned by his adoptees, perhaps because he's a total asshole and would light your house on the fire after filling it with bees. Anywho, he's adopted by Ben Healy, played by John Ritter. Not sure why he decided to do this movie. It's a real shitter. <laughs> Mr. Healy and his awful wife take Junior under their wing, which leads to a, to a big mess of a thing. The thing, in this, the thing in this case is the entire movie because it's a total disaster and we at New Release should be a bit more choosy. All, oh, jokes, <laughs> all jokes aside, this movie wasn't the best. The only redeeming quality was the after 81 minutes it was put to rest. Jeez. I did appreciate the runtime. <laughs> I was like, oh, um, it's done. Okay. Oh, <laughs> cheers, cheers, cheers. Snap, snap, snap. Um, woo, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> lovely, lovely recap. Um, <laughs> you are really holding the whole new release enterprise to, to task there <laughs> with our, with our selections. Uh, the, the last thing I wanted to bring up in regards to kind of your summary there and your response to this movie is that there's a big disconnect between, even though I didn't remember loving this movie, I like held it in an abstract place in my, in my brain with, with some affection, um, and if you look at the list of movies that have gotten this poor of a score, they're like movies that you would expect. Like if I was just looking at the list and hadn't rewatched this movie, I would have been very shocked that this movie was in fact that poorly received. And then you watch it and you're like, Oh yeah, oh. That, makes, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it had almost no redeeming qualities, but, um, I think we did at least uncover some of the reasons like it does make sense to have nostalgic nostalgia for it. Like we're not holding our tastes as young kids. Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about masters of the universe, the movie, Aww. because there's a new Netflix show coming out uh, tomorrow. And I'm going to say that the original masters of the universe movie, um, which has a 13% <laughs> infinitely better. <laughs> um, <laughs> is a pretty big piece of shit but i love it so yeah um, same yeah and unfortunately that came out in your birth year ashley mm -hmm. yep all right well thank you for the poem i think it's time to take a quick break from our discussion of problem child while we tune our dials to nr90 for new release radio This is where we give you a taste of what's happening this week, back in 1990, starting with a hit tune. Back to the bone. I need to watch this music video, I feel like. Snuck, snuck that in there. <laughs> the song you just heard was Jerk Out by the Time. Moving up five spots to number 21 on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of July 27th, 1990. Ashley, what in the heck is happening in news or pop culture this week? Well, on July 20th, uh, 25th, Roseanne Barr is playing the national anthem at the Cincinnati Reds versus San Diego Padres Major League Baseball game. Can't wait to hear this. I'm sure she's a great <laughs> singer. <laughs> 
right now? I'll say, can you see by the times early? Is this real? I feel like this is fake. Yeah, it's real, yeah. I loved her show, but man. Yeah. Um, so dare I ask, how was the box office? Um, interestingly, we have a new number one movie um that surpassed Ghost, and it is not Problem Child. It is a Harrison Ford movie um that I've never heard of called Presumed Innocent, where a lawyer investigates the murder of a colleague and finds himself more connected to the crime than anyone else. Sounds a little bit like that Clint Eastwood movie we watched um, mm-hmm. last year. So, so you're saying you chose that over Problem Child, or you chose Problem um, Child over this movie? Yeah, I think it's your your criticism of, of the new release programming board is more <laughs> apt than ever when we did have another option. So that came in at number one with 11 million. Ghost, right behind it with 11 million. And right behind that, Problem Child. With 10 million. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, despite the horrible test screenings, despite the bad buzz at Cineplexes around the country, people were thirsty for a comedy, I guess. <laughs> so they saw it. And I am pleased to report that arachnophobia actually went up in box nice. office receipts to 8 million. Well um, deserved. So basically kept the same amount of money from the week before. So that's cool. I think that's it for the box office report this week. It is time now for everyone's favorite segment on new release radio rank the blank. Pew, pew, pew. Okay. This is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic, movie kid, you would definitely send back. Um, maybe not 30 times, but we'll <laughs> see how these kids stack up against Junior. Um, we are including kids, um, as mentioned earlier, like that are possessed by the devil, um, that are, you know, like it can be supernatural. It can be just a behavioral thing. Um, it can be potentially a group of kids, but I don't know if any of us picked, picked any of those. So Ashley, what are some honorable mentions that we did not select? Sure. So we have Damien from the Omen, all the children of the corn, uh, Sam, the screamer from the Babadook, Dennis, the menace, Veruca salt from Charlie and chocolate factory, Danny from the shining. And I almost picked Charlie from hereditary just so Derek could hear the noise. But I did. Oh, I was going I was thinking of Good. Charlie from Hereditary, but she did nothing wrong. Well, except she, for that creepy. It's just that noise, which is yeah. scary enough. Yep. And she possessed her mom. And her head okay. fell off. Well, okay. Yep. That was yeah. I mean, that was that wasn't her fault. Um, no. <laughs> the yeah. Similarly, I was really close to picking Sam from the Babadook, who was a, a good kid, but mm-hmm. through direct through quality direction or you know whatever choice was choices were made on the set of that movie he is screaming for like half of it yeah um hysterically in a very disturbing manner so um i think it's kind of justified given the context so that's the only reason i didn't pick it 
Um, did we get any um, useful results from Instagram? We did. So we have the girl from the ring, which makes sense. Yeah. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. I was thinking <laughs> about that one too. Um, Sid from Toy Story. Ooh, oh. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. Uh, the guy who specs from the Sandlot. Mm. Oh, get at wait. Who's specs? Or the one that one the glasses that like pretends to drown so you can kiss that girl. Yeah. Oh, kind of come on, get out of here. Um, and then Superman Returns, Lois and Clark's kid, which I have never. I don't know if I've seen that one, so I don't. Just but apparently he like, sucks. Oh, there's a there's also that movie, um, Brightburn. I want to say. Oh where yeah. It's kind of like a Superman knockoff. He's an evil superhero. Where he's got, yeah, killer superpowers. Um, it's a, it was a really good movie. Yeah, that's a that's a disturbing movie. There's there's so many that that's interesting. All those options we got, we hadn't even we hadn't even really thought about. So there's a Mm-mm. lot of different directions you can go in. It's almost a trope, like especially in these Goonies type movies where you have a group of kids for one of them to be like the obnoxious the obnoxious one. Um, but I think we have some great options. So without further ado. Of course, we have Junior from Problem Child, who needs no more yep. introduction than we've already <laughs> given him. Um, just, just obnoxious in every possible way. So, Ashley, top that. Um, we have Macaulay Culkin from The Good Son, yeah. who's the fucking worst. Um, super evil, just throughout the entire movie. Wants to kill everyone, throws a fake body off of a building and causes a car crash. Yeah. Um, I had to watch a lot of clips because I'm like actually really afraid to watch this movie. So I've never seen it. I've only seen like excerpts from it. Um, it just seems terrifying. So yeah, Jamie and I watched it not like within the last year. And Elijah Wood is like he's the good, the actual good, good son. son. Um, and Macaulay comes in like on a summer vacation. Well, I guess after his his parents die and and corrupts the you know and then like acts like the perfect child but is of course doing uh, worse psychopathic things. things the whole time yeah it's it's a really good movie um okay so i would i would recommend i think you could watch it but um, do you have the same feeling after you finish watching it like you do for like requiem for a dream where you like don't want to go anywhere no you're just, like, sad okay it's not that i mean it's okay. not that realistic <laughs> okay cool All um right. So yeah, good good choice. Um, he's compared to the kid I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm just gonna draw some parallels here. Like they're both murderous psychopaths. Um, my kid um, has a bowl cut, a talking teddy bear henchman, um, who's kind of like his evil alter ego is if he needs one that he's invented to kind of encourage him to throw people into a hole full of um, flesh eating trolls so that um, he can keep his pets happy. Um, So he's, and on top of all that, he likes to spy on his babysitters in the shower. So he's a pervert, a psychopath. This is the kid from the movie, the pit, a Canadian horror movie. Um, oh. I should probably know his name. Um, his name is Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Incidentally, I totally uh, forgot about that. Um, yeah, so Jamie from the pit. He's if you're looking at images of him, he's I very am. creepy looking. The cover is um, creepy. Yeah, yeah. 
the only the thing I was going to say compared to Macaulay Culkin, even though they have a lot of overlap, is that Macaulay is almost more disturbing because he can put on a good front. You're mm-hmm. at no point charmed by Jamie. Um, he is just even in the scenes where he's trying to like fix breakfast. <laughs> um, it's just disturbing all the way through. So he throws an old lady into a, you know, pushes her wheelchair all the way through the woods and throws her into a pit to start the movie. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Derek, okay. Who's your kid? Before we move that. on, I who's was just, kid? I was just looking at screenshots from the pit. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. a French version called Teddy. <laughs> yeah. But it's still oh, the pit. I can't pronounce it, but La Morte en Puleche. Puleche. Perfect. Anyway, that sounds more Spanish. Anyway, uh, really fucking cool. <laughs> movie poster though you have to check it out um <clears throat> my recommendation for the movie kid you would definitely send back i think a lot of people would agree with me that are harry potter fans and that is dudley dursley he is just a fucking dick <laughs> harry potter the entire time yeah he's just does nothing good for for harry potter at all yeah, so I forgot that this dude um, who plays him, he's very disturbing looking as an adult. He was in The Queen's Gambit. Um, oh, and he was okay. in like this. He was in that action movie, The Old Guard, playing a bad guy. And then a Netflix, a very depressing Netflix movie that came out in the last year, The Devil All the Time, where he plays this like this pastor who covers himself in spiders. Um, oh, Anyway, he just has like, he actually grew up to be, you know, he was kind of an over playing an overweight type kid, um, stereotypical kid in Harry Potter, it looks like. Um, and he grew up to be a very um, scary looking adult. Although he <laughs> plays, he, he just, he, he's got, he plays big... a nice guy in Queen's Gambit, by the way. He Most does. I did not realize that that was Dudley Dursley in Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, apparently people don't recognize him. I'm reading. What's hmm. the actor's name again? Harry Melling. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He, he does look odd. I wouldn't say disturbing, but he's got big ears. His face is just kind of squished together in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, we got an orphan, we got a pervert, and we got a charming psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Junior. Um, this is tough. Ashley, let's start with Junior from Problem Child. I mean, I feel like he's the full package. He doesn't kill anyone. No, I would put him towards the, towards the bottom. Okay. I That's would tough. put yeah, I would put your kid at the top because he like kills people. <laughs> um, pretty evil would return him. And then I would probably do the kid from the pit, Macaulay Calkin from The Good Son. And then I don't really know Dudley Dursley. I would say Problem Child's worse than Dudley. Okay, so then Dudley's Junior from Problem Child abusive. and then Dudley. <laughs> we also that need was... Dudley a little older, I think, right? Like, yeah, Dudley's probably what? If Problem Child's seven, almost eight, mm-hmm. Dudley's probably like twelve or thirteen. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean that doesn't really change the argument, but he Dudley's just kind of in that like. Um, obnoxious teen phase, whereas mm-hmm. these kids are—it's more disturbing when they're they're young kids almost. 
Yeah. Um, because all teenagers are like dicks for the most part to varying degrees. That's true. Okay. So are we good with that? Kid from the pit, Macaulay Culkin. Jamie from the pit. From the good <laughs> yeah, Jamie from the pit, Macaulay Culkin from the good son, um, Junior from Problem Child, and then Dudley Dursley from It Harry says Potter. um the tagline for the pit is Jamie wouldn't kill anyone unless Teddy told him to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's play my clip because um, it actually is related to the description I gave. Great. Do you need to give it any context before I play it? No, it's um, it's him escorting it a grandma <laughs> on a nice leisurely stroll through the woods. Perfect. I hear the music. Very odd for a horror movie. Sorry about that, Miss Sullivan. But like my father says, we all have to go sometime. <laughs> oh, sounds like a cartoon. Yeah, there's like cartoon marching band type music, not huh. like your your like creepy synthesizers. It's it's very odd. Hmm. Um, those crazy Canadians. And watch it. It's a good film. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm happy to finally be back on top. Worst kid. You did it. Worst kid. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, now that Rank the Blank is over, it's almost time to sign off on New Release Radio for this week and give our final thoughts on Problem Child. But before we do, let's listen to a brand new track that debuted at number 85 on this week's Billboard Top 100. That was Indecent Obsession with Tell Me Something. Now, back to our feature presentation. Well, Ashley, I think we've pretty well covered the overall sentiment of people that have watched this <laughs> mm-hmm. um, flaming pile of shit movie. Yeah. Um, no. That's harsh. But are there, Moldering. Are, do you have any... Um, specific critiques of this movie um i do i have so i'm just gonna give you two movie critic critiques so no need to decipher who they're just critics okay um okay universal took a step in the right direction by whittling problem child down to just 81 minutes but didn't go far (laughs) enough the studio should have excised another 75 minutes and released this unbelievable mess as a short (laughs) six minute short so the two montages maybe yeah, probably. that could work. Um, and then the other critic said, some kids are born bad, others achieve badness, and some have badness that, that's thrust upon them. The same can be said of movies. So, just Whoa. Shitty, yeah, just shitty um, movie. Okay. Um, and to say it did not win any awards, I know you're surprised. It won a Razzie, but that's just sad. So, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, and then as far as recommendations, would you guys recommend it to a person walking out of a mall? I'm just going to. Th- I'm curious to hear what Derek says, because, you know, I mean, just because we didn't like it as adults, there's no reason for we're not trying to harsh your, your nostalgia. So what do you think, Derek? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I mean, the, the fact that it's 90 percent nostalgic and I agree with about 90 percent of what you guys said. <laughs> and for why you don't like it yeah absolutely uh do not go and watch it 
So no for Derek, no for me, Andrew. That's a big no. Okay. Um, I thought you'd be like, well, maybe. I'm just kidding. We we all can. This that's the thing. Like we can enjoy movies that are mm-hmm. not not perfect, that are bad in a lot of conventional ways, but but fun. I mean, even the movie, a movie like the Steven Seagal movie hard to kill or mm-hmm. ninja like we've watched plenty of poorly reviewed ninja movies. assassin two or whatever yeah three even. three sorry um total domination okay. so or the domination but th- for me personally this movie has no redeeming qualities yeah um it doesn't mean that john ritter sucks or you know there aren't moments but overall there's just nothing to recommend here it is an yeah. interesting re-examination of a cultural artifact but if we're talking <laughs> to people that are in the, in the moment no thanks yeah hard pass so. okay so on a scale of one to 90 how 90s is problem child including music wardrobe actors tropes um currently we have teenage mutant, teenage mutant ninja turtles at 89 out of 90 house party at 84 out of 90 and pretty woman at 82 out of 90 should we just should we go to what is the lowest scoring and I, start I there? This is definitely not I mean, the lowest though, like in terms of how nineties. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, like, I I think in terms of the comedic tone, it's sort of nineties. Um, in terms of John Ritter, in terms of um, tropes, there were multiple groin attacks where people get hit in the groin with either a baseball bat or a foot um as that exclusive to the 90s of course that's a pretty old form of humor but i feel like it probably peaked in the 90s um (laughs) so you can see it also in three ninjas and mighty morphin power rangers um i also feel like something that maybe isn't exclusive to the 90s but only ever happens in movies is we got a scene with kramer being psychoanalyzed based on rorschach tests Mm -hmm. the the ink blot um like i feel like that kind of psychoanalysis probably peaked in the 90s in movies probably way earlier in real life if it ever happened (laughs) Um, so so i mean i'm not gonna give i'm not saying it deserves more than like a 50 but i don't think it's like in the bottom half um it was john ritter big in the 90s yeah so that's some points and I also think the practical the effects as well. So mm-hmm. that camping scene where there was a real bear, there was an actually actual real, real bear, bear with a bear handler in as uh, John Ritter's stunt devil in a couple of the shots. Interesting. Yeah, he was very, I mean, he was very close to the bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in, in one shot that I saw or that you guys saw too, because uh, we watched the same movie at the same time. Yeah. Um, is that the bear handler? It's he's wearing the same ball cap that John Ritter is, and then he he kind of like swipes the bear's face a little bit, but it looks uh. like maybe they're playing. And then also, uh, the car stunts were pretty cool. Yeah, cool. the scene where Junior steals his dad's car and John Ritter's on the the hood of the car, and Junior's like on the floor, the floor of the car with the pedals, um, and ends up driving into the sporting goods store. That was like fun when he crashed into whatever, like a giant tennis ball display and they went everywhere. Um, Yeah, I think it's like in the 40s or 50s. Yeah. I mean, Uh, we only gave arachnophobia 60, so it's definitely lower. 
than that. But I'd give it yeah. like a 38. <laughs> I don't know. And once you get that low, it doesn't really matter. So yeah, I, I'm thinking just I mean, those they're all good points for why this is 90s. I, I would give it just 50. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. So it gets 50 out of 90. Um, so what should we include in the new release gift shop from this movie? So each week we watch the movie, then we pick something from the movie to sell. So right now we have a build a dick pottery kit from ghost. Nice. Um, accessories from tra- for tarantulas, from arachnophobia, like little backpacks and sneakers and whatever we want. And then a gargoyle holder, a secret gargoyle holder. secret holder. Oh yeah. Put your um, secrets in it. Yeah. Tales from the or tales from the dark side. Yeah. So, so this one. Should we sell kids? No. Should we sell behavior adjustment therapy? Should we shock sell, therapy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shock collars for kids. I think we should sell bow ties. Oh, bow ties. It's and I was thinking out water. Yeah, I have that already written down. That's what I was thinking. Unless you guys have a better idea. Wait, what? Bow ties with what? Oh, it squirts squirt water. water. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. perfect. Classic. That's like a classic clown. So, Drew, what's next week? Well, next week, we actually have a very special episode. So, we're at basically the midpoint of the summer movie season. Um, we've seen an interesting range of movies so far, and we have a r- cool lineup of movies coming out for the next uh month or so so we want to do a there we go nice um we want to do a look back at what we've seen so far and a look ahead at what's coming so no trailer right now but next week we are going to preview everything from the summer of 1990 so are you all excited for that yes Mm -hmm. definitely all right well if you want to hear that and all the exciting Macaulay Culkin star vehicles to come, you can subscribe <laughs> to the podcast by searching new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcast. Ashley, take it away. Dude, that's a wrap. <laughs>